Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. I became an agent. Um, as soon as I could when I was 18 and just kind of got a little bit of experience with that. And then I jumped into wholesaling um, at 19, which is really when I started my investing journey. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on the show today. I am excited for the guest that I have. Uh, very cool investor that I found to be very inspirational, and I think you guys will too. Her name is Dominic Gunderson. Uh, she is a real estate investor who is currently based in Colorado, and she's investing in New Orleans. And so that's remote investing, and she's doing a great job at it. She's gonna do 15 to 17 deals this year, and if you're not impressed yet, I will tell you she's 24 years old, right? She is not someone who's grizzled veteran, been doing this for a long time. She started a business in LA as a teenager and then went remote, moved to one part, part of the country, started investing in another. And I don't want to give it all away here in the intro, but I'm just telling you, she is super cool, super inspirational, and she's been able to accomplish a ton at a very, very young age. And guess what she didn't do the entire episode? Not once did she make an excuse or say that, you know, it's so much harder for her. Not once. I don't even get the impression she thinks that she's at any disadvantage because of her age or because she's doing this remotely. Just really, really cool. And and we talked all about how she's finding deals, why she moved, why she's doing it remotely, what she's struggling with. Really cool episode, guys. I suggest you take a listen. Like I said, she knew she wanted to be in real estate from the time she was 17. She got started by being an agent, built this business, this wholesaling business, then turned it into fix and flip. And it just really just an amazing, amazing story. So I can't wait to bring you this interview. I was excited to do it. And then once it was over with, I was like, yep, that was the gold that I was hoping it would be. So strap in, get ready. I give you guys Dominic Gunderson. All right, Dominique, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I am super psyched to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to have this discussion today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm I'm excited about it too. I, I try sometimes in this show to uh, bring people on 
who are maybe uh, uh, you know just on the fringe of things that I talk about a lot. Uh, but with you, we're going to be right in the heart of of what the listeners are into, what they're thinking about. And I, I always try to make it relevant. But you know, every once in a while, I try to do something that's like on the fringe of real estate, thinking it's going to stretch people. But I really like getting back to the basics. And and not that what you're doing is basic, but you know, flipping, wholesaling, that kind of thing. That's the stuff I love talking about. And there's an extra wrinkle with you in that you don't invest in your backyard, so to speak. You're investing out of state. So we'll get into all that. And I'm super interested in that. I'm, I always love just uh, quizzing people about that because I find it fascinating how some people can do that. And it's very natural and very great. And other people like try and crash and burn. And so we're, we'll get into all that. But let's give the listeners an idea of who you are, where you come from, Anything you did before real estate, and I kind of know the answer to that, but um, and just sort of give them some background. Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently 24. I have been investing in real estate since I was able to work. Um, so I graduated high school at 17. So before real estate, I was basically a student. Um, and even then, I was interested in real estate. I knew at least probably like halfway through high school that I was not going to go to college. I was going to get out of high school and just start doing real estate. So I did start, I jumped in at 17 as soon as I graduated, um, kind of got my start, just getting my feet wet, learning about contracts and sales and what is real estate and what does it mean to buy a house and sell a house and all the different things. So I became an agent um, as soon as I could when I was 18 and just kind of got a little bit of experience with that. And then I jumped into wholesaling um, at 19, which is really when I started my investing journey and actually working deals and you know working with investors and learning about construction and all these things. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and then got to the business I own today, which is mainly focused on flipping houses. Okay. I've got so many questions and some of them maybe you've been asked and some of them maybe you haven't, but um, I have kids that are about your age and I'm curious, what was your home life like? What, were your parents crazy entrepreneurs running around flipping houses? Were they like, you know, normal nine to five? Like, how, how did you even get this in your head to do real estate? Like, where did it come from? It's a really good question. It is kind of out there. Um, I didn't know any other kids my age that <laughs> were taking this path. So um, yeah, my home life was really good. I mean, I was raised in California, Los Angeles, like very wealthy area. Um, my particular family was not very wealthy. Like we were kind of in this bubble, but just always struggled to stay in it, never really fit in it. Um, so I think to your question, it was actually probably just the opposite. Um, seeing my parents, neither of them were in real estate, nothing to do. They never owned a home. Um, so I didn't have any idea even what real estate was um, until I started learning about it in high school. But um, I think it was the opposite. It was like seeing my parents actually kind of struggling a bit um, growing up, like always in debt, um, trying to figure out their finances, having to work a nine to five and still scrape by and just like figuring out what I could do that would be different. So so they had, I'm just air quotes here, normal jobs. They, they worked normal industries. Um, yeah. So where did you hear about real estate? How did it even hit your radar? So I heard about real estate for the first time. I was probably 16 and my mom had finally 
figured out how to like save up and qualify for a loan to purchase a townhome. Um, so it was the first time we weren't going to be like renting as a family. And that was when I just like even heard about the idea of buying a home and what is a realtor and all of these things. And so I became fascinated by the process. Um, that was around 2012, 2013. So the market was really low, mm-hmm. which is what helped her get a house. But because of that, the one, all pretty much all of them we were looking at and the one she bought were like short sales and foreclosures. Uh, they were fixer uppers. And so that kind of sparked that as well. She ended up buying a home that uh, needed some work, needed some updating. And um, not only did I learn about buying and just you know the process of real estate in general, but also really piqued my interest in doing renovations and adding massive value to real estate. So just a side note here, does, does your mom still have that house? She does. Okay. Well, good on her because that thing must have appreciated. She must have so much equity in that thing. It's sick, crazy. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. All right. So I will say most kids maybe don't see the, the, like the, the foreclosure fixer upper side a lot, but most kids see the process of buying a house and talking to realtors through their parents. But most kids don't flip houses or, and you're not a kid, but like most kids in high school don't think they want to flip houses. Where did the entrepreneurial side come from? Where did, did, was that modeled in any, I mean, it wasn't for me, so I'm not saying it has to be, but was it modeled in any way for you? Did anybody in your life have that lifestyle where you said, Hey, I can combine this cool thing I learned with uncle or aunt, whatever's like lifestyle. Like where did you even, why do you even, did you even think as a young person that there was something other than a nine to five life? You know, I, I don't know if I have a perfect answer for you for that. Um, I think probably the best I can give is kind of what I was saying before is just like really seeing the struggle, um, not to get like too personal either, but my parents ended up getting a divorce kind of when I was around 10. And just like through that, I really saw how much financial like pressure can yeah. um, put on a family and just like be really hard. So I think it was probably around that time that both my brother and I started like, I don't know, just getting really interested in like, how can we make money and how can we not be in this type of situation? Okay. okay. We just as kids, like we started a little side business, like, you know, through middle school, high school. And we're always just kind of into like that sort of entrepreneurial spirit. What does your brother do now? Is he an entrepreneur or no? He, uh, he's a contractor. He owns his own construction business. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to like harp on this. I'm just very super interested because like my wife, for example, when she grew up, she was poor. Her family didn't have a lot of money. And at a pretty young age, her dad started his own business. So he was an entrepreneur, but but they struggled for a long time. And her, like when she got out on her own, her thought was, I want to get a job that makes a lot of money, that's stable. So I never have to worry about money again, right? It was like entrepreneurship scared her because she saw some of the struggles that, that they had and, and things like that. So I'm just, I find it interesting. How was your, what, Okay. And I don't want to get too personal any more than you want to, but I'll just say parents and you can choose which one you talk about or both. But what was your parents' reaction when you told them at some point, I don't want to go to college. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to flip houses or I want to be in real estate somehow. What was the reaction? I think it was actually, I was pretty lucky that it was a good one. I didn't have a family that was like, 
you have to go to college. We have this college fund set aside for you. Um, so that was actually really nice that I felt like I had a lot of freedom and flexibility. Um, but I think I was always just like so confident from a young age and sure. And my parents could see that like that I definitely had the interest and was already working towards it. Like before I even graduated high school, I had already um, reached out and figured out which real estate agent that was like really successful and well-known in our area was going to take me in and let me work for them. So like I was already lining things up and kind of on track. And I think they just saw that and were like, you know what? I think, I think you'll make it work. (laughs) You know, you you may or may not see it because you're kind of in it. You know what I mean? They, they, that saying, it's sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees. Like you're you're in the trees, but I'm telling you from a distance and from someone who has kids your age, it is incredible how clear and focused and determined you were at a young age. That's unusual. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but that is incredibly unusual. Um, and I'm... I'm sometimes bad when I think of questions I want to ask. I don't always conduct these interviews in a linear fashion. So I'm going to jump to the end for just a minute. I'm just curious as we're talking, how many flips do you anticipate doing in 2022? Let's just use this year as an example. Do you know, do you have an estimate or a goal of how many flips you want to do this year? I'm hoping we buy around 15 or 17, somewhere in that range this year. Okay. So, all right. So that is, that's amazing at 24 for sure. That's amazing at 54, but it's incredible at 24. So you went into, uh, you were an agent first. What did you think of that life? What did you think of the agent, you know, track? I remember coming out of day one of working for an awesome agent, like the most successful in our area. And I told myself, I do not want to be an agent. Absolutely zero interest. <laughs> yeah. Day one. Yeah. I already knew. Um, it's just it's just not for me. It's so transactional, paperwork. It has really nothing to do with like buying or yeah. selling real estate. Like yeah. that's almost zero percent of the job, to yeah. be honest. It's finding clients and dealing with the paperwork and all that stuff. So totally. Um, it wasn't for me, but I also knew that it was going to be a pivotal part of my journey, um, just learning that side of things. Like That's all stuff you have to do and almost know better than your agent as an investor so that you can pick the right one to work with and almost babysit sometimes uh, with certain transactions. Like You want to know everything that's going on when you're the one putting your own money at risk. Totally. And I could not agree more. I know that a lot of people will disagree with me and probably you on this, but I, I would, with a gun to my head, I would not want to be an agent. But I love real estate. I love flipping houses. I love wholesaling. I love all that, but I wouldn't be an agent for all the money in the world. I just, it sounds horrible. I've seen that life and I don't like it. But, um, and to that point, I've stubbornly avoided getting my license for all these years because I just refuse to believe I need one. But, uh, it's good. Sometimes it's good to see what you don't want. Right. And so you went down that path and didn't want, how long did you do the agent thing? How long were you an agent? And before you in, like started becoming an investor? Um, I was working there for about two years, my first two years out of high school. Um, I was not 18 yet for the first bit of it. So I didn't actually get my license yet, but I was still like in the office working with that team. Wow. So amazing. All right. So the first thing you did out of getting a, a, a in, in the actual like investing side is become a wholesaler. Now, I, I'm one, I'm curious because I usually counsel people 
if they come, you know, if they come to me early on and they're like, I want to be a house flipper, but I'm going to wholesale first. And then I'm going to be, I always say, go right to what you want, but you, you started wholesaling. Did you know that you wanted to be a house flipper ultimately, or were you just sort of in the experimental phase where you're like, I don't know, maybe wholesaling is my thing. Why, why wholesaling first? Yeah, I did know from the start that house flipping was my goal. Um, I think I just felt like I didn't know enough yet to, well, first of all, I was also 19. So I didn't have any money and I had never done any sort of investment deal. So it seemed like a very tough task to either use my own money, which I didn't have, or uh, like work with somebody else that was going to trust me enough to go buy a house and flip it with their money. So. I wanted the deal experience. I wanted to do a bunch of transactions. Like there was so many things. I was an agent, but there's so many things I didn't know just from like the buyer or seller like standpoint of just going through an escrow or title search, like all the things that happen detail oriented wise yeah. from being an investor. So I wanted to learn all of that. Um, and then I wanted to you know, have my own money. I didn't necessarily want to have to depend on other people all the time. Um, especially because I was super young. That was probably like my hardest thing starting out is people immediately don't trust you <laughs> or they don't think you, you know, you know what you're doing because yeah, yeah. Like, how could a 19 year old know what to do with flipping yep. a house? Yeah, so. totally. Okay. So you started wholesaling first. It, it, looking back in hindsight, and it, the hindsight's only about four, four or five years old now, but in hindsight, would you have wholesaled first again or would you have gone straight to flipping? I would have wholesaled first again. Okay. All right. So when you started doing that, were you in Colorado Springs at the time or were you still in LA or where were you living? I was still in LA. Yeah. Okay. I wholesaled in, in Los Angeles. Okay. So you wholesaled in Los Angeles. Now, mm-hmm. how competitive is that? Is it is a very competitive? It seems like a very busy competitive market. Yeah, definitely. It was a very competitive market. Um, I will say I happened to be just the the years that it fell in my lap that I was doing this happened to be really, really good years in real estate. It's like 2016, 17, 18, somewhere around there. Uh, The market everywhere, but especially in LA was booming and people Mm -hmm. were like just anxious to get into household things. There were a lot of buyers, which was really nice, pretty much most deals that I could get, I could easily sell. Yes. The sell um, side, very easy. But how did you find deals back then? And I'm, I want to know how you find them now. But first, let's just talk about back then. How were you finding them in 2016, 17? Yeah. Great question. So I think two-part answer. One, um, I actually got to be part of this little like wholesale team. It was almost like a, a real estate agent would have a team, but it, it was a team that all wholesale, everybody wholesaled. And so that was really key and crucial to a lot of my success for a couple of reasons. One is similar to real estate agents where everyone was on their own doing their own deals and such, but you're in an office surrounded by people who are all doing the same thing. And so I was Mm. able to learn really, really quickly just what was working, what wasn't, um, what to say and on the phone and all these things. And so that was really helpful. The other thing that was helpful is I was able to do like JV deals with people a lot, um, work together on certain deals and contracts and like split the fee. Mm. So that was also super helpful. Um, so that was part of it is working with a small team of people. The other part of it was, um, just getting like creative and trying everything and seeing what worked. Um, I, 
I did surprisingly a decent amount of deals either just like from the MLS or with real estate agents. Really? Um, building that network up. I did a couple uh, direct to seller through like mailing campaigns, cold calling for sale by owners, stuff like that. Um, I think those were probably the main two categories that I got most of my deals from were like the agent MLS stuff and then direct to seller. Wow. So the direct to seller, you mentioned cold calling and mail. What worked the best for you direct to seller? What was the the channel that was most, most you know, not profitable, but most, um, you know, fruitful, which ones worked the best? I did a couple with for sale by owners, which was really good. Um, those were, weren't terribly difficult to be honest, to actually get under contract. Um, as far as the mail goes, I never really did like huge mailing campaigns, Mm -hmm. but I did get some deals that worked really well. Um, just writing like quote unquote handwritten letters that look handwritten, Mm -hmm. um, and being very targeted. So like every time I was like out looking at a property or just driving through different neighborhoods, like I would pay very specific attention to everything I passed by, make okay. a little like driving for dollars list. Yeah. And those were the ones that I would target. And like, I had certain people that bought their house or got their deal that said like, you know, nobody has ever just sent me like a nice little letter like this, like handwritten, had my name, my address on it. Like mm. I decided to call you. Um, so that worked pretty well too. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you did that in... Okay, so you were wholesaling in LA. How do you go from wholesaling in LA to flipping in Louisiana, New Orleans, and living in Colorado? (laughs) Yeah, good question. Um, So the transition from Los Angeles to New Orleans was basically one of affordability for me. Um, Once I had done probably in the range of 40 or 45 wholesale transaction deals... Um, in about a year and a half that I was doing that. Um, That's I decided, Hold on a minute now. You did 40 or 50, you said? Mm-hmm. Wholesale deals in a year and a half. That's... That's incredible. First of all, in LA. Second of all, for someone who's starting out, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. Like, congratulations. First of all, that's great. I know you're past it, it, but good job. All right. So go go ahead. I'm sorry. Affordability, you did 40 or 50 deals. Yeah. So yeah, I had um, just saved up a lot. You know, I was still like living at home at that point, having a good time. Like I was making good money, but I was able to save a lot. Um, And so I had saved up this chunk of money that I was going to invest with. And at that point it became, I had done enough deals, I had the experience, I was ready to flip, follow my passion. And I was like, well, I can do it in LA, the market I already know, where I already have my network. But that's probably just enough for like a down payment on the purchase plus the reno. Like I'm going to need to bring in hard money. I'm going to have to get investors involved, or I can take what I have and go to a different market where I can pay for the reno, the purchase, any fees, costs, whatever, all with what I've saved up. I don't have to risk, you know, owing somebody a lot of money. If anything goes wrong, like I'm ready to take this risk. And so I decided to pick a market that was cheaper and more affordable for me to start out on my own. And I chose New Orleans mainly because that's where my dad lived. And it was an easy place for me to go visit, have someone trusted on the ground and really get a feel for the good neighborhoods, the bad, where to invest, how much to spend, all of that. So is your dad, your boots on the ground? Is that what he, does he go and look at houses for you or no? He did at the beginning when we started out. Um, he he and I actually ended up doing a couple of the first deals together. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he and I kind of 
do different things. He has some rental properties and stuff that he works on, but no okay. longer is he bad boots on the ground. Okay. All right. So, so I'm following you logically. You're in LA. Prices are crazy. I get it. So you you move your operations to to um, New Orleans. You change your model to flipping, which, by the way, that's like not nothing. Like wholesaling, you don't have to fix houses. Fixing houses is is a that's a huge change. So you change your market. You change your model. Why do you not just go to New Orleans? Why don't you just live there if that's where you're gonna if that's where you want to flip? Honestly, it just came down to like preference. Um, at the time, I, I just recently moved to Colorado, by the way. So okay. pretty much all of this time that we're talking about, I was living in Los Angeles and just grew up at the beach, love the area. Yep. Um, and I just I just didn't want to, you know, move my life. So yeah. I, I I guess it was a preference thing. So you just decided because it sounds like you love LA. So yes. again, if I'm digging into something personal, you can divert me. But why well, why was there a preference to leave where you love? You love it in LA. Why would you leave? Um again, honestly, it has come down to like the affordability thing. Okay. Right. Uh, no, that's fair. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. I just didn't know if there was something else. And so what and this is like so not about real estate. I'm just curious why um Colorado's great, but of all the places, why why Colorado, right? You're not by the ocean. Like if you said I went to there to somewhere in Florida, I'd go, okay, beach, beach, warm, warm. Like Colorado is a different environment. Why Colorado? Yeah. To not give you too long of an answer. uh, (laughs) My husband just recently got out of the military. And so when we were stationed, uh, he was stationed, both of us were in LA. Uh, He wasn't quite sure yet if he was going to get out. And we were looking at other options of where the military could take him. Colorado Springs is a huge military presence. So it was kind of like one of the top on our list. And then we ended up just deciding to go forward with the move. Even once he got out, we just really liked the area. Okay, That makes sense. That's logical. It makes sense. Okay. So now you're flipping in New Orleans. You were living in LA. Now you're living in, in Colorado. I get that. Um. What were your biggest challenges going from wholesaling to flipping? The biggest one for sure was building my team. Um, And I think even today, even though I have my team and it's super, super solid, if anything ever happened with my team, like that is where my success lies, my team on the ground. When you're not there and you have a very active versus passive business going on and you can't be there to just jump in if somebody yeah. you know changes their mind about working for you. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact that would be like so critical to my success. Yeah. So finding those people from the beginning and like figure out who I needed and how to vet them and you know how to build the loyalty, especially when you're just starting out and you only have one project going at a time. Yeah. Um, that was the hardest part for sure. How did you learn that? Just trial and error, intuition, instincts, like, or did you have someone helping you, like, guide you through that at all, or how did you figure it all out? A lot of it was just slow and steady, and yeah, figuring it out step by step and one mistake at a time. Um, Pretty. I don't think anybody actually that's on my team today was originally on my team or like the gotcha. first contractor I hired or the first realtor I worked with. Um, so it's definitely been through trial and error, like working with people, figuring out what I need and don't need and what people can bring certain um, aspects to the table that are beneficial to the business and the success. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the biggest one has been trial okay. and error. So speaking of contractors, now I want to get kind of like 
real a little bit here. Okay. So I, my, your dad was your boots on the ground. I assumed he interfaced with contractors on some level, like at least went there and made sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. So I flipped some houses with my daughter who at the time was about your age now. Um, and here's the thing. And I want to know what your perspective is on this because there's very few guests that I can ask this question to who, who know, and you will know. Did you have to deal? Well, let me put it this way. One of the things that my daughter had to deal with when she was, and they were her houses. I was only helping her. They were her houses, but I was helping her. And so when the contractors saw me, whenever they had a question, concern, complaint, anything that they wanted to discuss, they came straight to me. Even though I made it clear, this is her house. It's her flip. You work for her. They constantly tried to go around her and they would make comments that I don't think they meant to be offensive, but it was just sort of like, hey, kiddo, when they're talking to her and they would call me directly, even though I said, don't call me, call her. Like, Talk to me about what your experience was like dealing with contractors as a younger female. What what did and and maybe there was nothing. Maybe you're just like I don't even know what you're talking about. It was smooth. Nobody ever questioned anything. But what was that like for you? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, not even contractors, just being a building a business. You know, being a business person, mm-hmm. young, kind of don't really match the part of someone who would be flipping houses. Yeah. Um, Yeah, totally an issue that comes up. Um, I would say at the very, very start, I didn't have to deal with it a ton because my dad was being that boots on the ground person and we were kind of partnered on the deals. Yeah, I was pretty much like funding everything and kind of the oversight and he was like the one on the ground dealing with a lot of that stuff. So for the first couple flips, I didn't really deal with it. But once we started parting ways and I had to build my own team and everything, um, I haven't dealt with it too, like in too crazy of a way, but I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, for me, the one of the biggest ways to, to work around it has been the people that I chose to work with. Um, not to like put myself on a pedestal or anything, but I sort of chose a team that I felt like I could lead well, like I okay. could be seen as the leader. So a lot of people were like kind of just starting out their business, like my contractor, for example, I found somebody who was really eager, motivated to do a bunch of renovations and manage a bunch of people's projects. But at the time he was kind of doing like a bathroom here and a kitchen there and things like that. Like he was looking for that next step and I was looking for him. And so it was someone where it was like, hey, you are looking for my business. You're looking for this opportunity. So of course, you're going to pick up my phone calls and you're going to treat me the right way and and things like that. Um, I have like another boots on the ground person that works for me. They're probably my main member on the team right now. It's like my eyes when I can't be there. Kind of the same thing with him. He was just getting started in real estate. He was trying Mm -hmm. to be a wholesaler. And that's how I met him. I actually bought his first deal, his first wholesale deal from him. Um, But same thing, like he was just getting started. He wanted to learn. He had a lot of questions. Like it was somebody that I could actually train or lead well instead of the other way around, like the top contractor in the area who, why do they need me? Um, And so I've kind of built loyalty a little bit in my team that way. I've helped lead them. They've helped lead me and you know, now we're still working together. That's smart. That's a really good answer. And it's really, um, it's just amazing. I, I think that's really, really, really smart. And, uh, you know, I, I think 
again, just going back to my situation, my daughter, the contractors she was working with were older guys, like in their 40s, 50s, you know, like, and they just had a hard time taking her seriously for whatever reason. I, I don't even think they meant any harm. It's just, they just couldn't conceive of it, right? And, and so working with someone who's a little newer themselves, that makes tons of sense why they would not have those experiences and not even think it's a thing. So that's really cool. Um, so when it comes to investing in Louisiana and New Orleans um, and living somewhere else, we talked about how you found deals in LA. How are you finding... Because now it's also 2022, right? So um, it's a different market. How are you finding deals now? You said you're going to do like 15 to 17-ish this year. How are you finding them? A good chunk of them come to me uh, through relationships that I've built, wholesalers that I network with, agents that you know know I'm buying, um, and we'll give them a listing or whatever. Um, we definitely do not a ton, but a decent amount of direct-to-seller marketing, um, a lot of cold calls. I don't do them, but we have a lot of people making cold calls, a little bit of mail. Um, again, very directed. If it's a like, specific group of houses we want, we'll send like those handwritten letters. Gotcha. Um, so I'd say that's about half of it. And then probably the other half recently has been, uh, buying from foreclosures I've been buying a lot of foreclosures. Okay. All right. Um, from, from the banks or where are you finding the foreclosures? Um, I've bought some from the banks or just like making a typical offer, but also the auctions, <clears throat> foreclosure auctions. Oh, okay. You're going to auctions. Got it. <laughs> um, who's doing your cold calling? Is it like a, a company or is it like offshore folks or people like lo- local to New Orleans? Uh, definitely not a company or offshore. It's a little bit of a mixture. Um, my husband kind of does some of our marketing side of things, doing like some calls and reaching out to, to sellers and then groups of people who have just like reached out to me, want to get a start in real estate. They're local in the area, okay. want to get started in wholesaling. They're looking for someone to you know kind of help them along, but they have the time to put in. Um, I definitely pour into some people like that who are okay. you know looking to get started and put in the work, and we've we've gotten quite a few deals um, from calls going out from people like that. That's amazing. So, what is the um, what's the long term goal here? And and I don't necessarily want to pigeonhole you to a certain amount of years, but like not what you're going to do this year, or next year, but like over the next three to five ish years, whatever, sometime in the in the future, what what do you think your business might look like? And, and I would, sometimes I ask people that and I know they don't necessarily have a plan. I guarantee you've thought about this. I could just tell by talking to you that you do have some sort of an idea or maybe a very specific idea of what you want to, what you want to be at that point. So what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, I think there's always room for new opportunities to pop up and I don't know exactly, but as of right now, my goal would be to continue increasing volume in deals purchased every year in the New Orleans area. And once we, I think once we pass like 15, like if that's our our goal this year, if we start surpassing that, I don't really need to flip and sell like just as an income that I live off of that many houses per year. Like that's a lot. So um, I would say to start keeping, keeping some, you know, start refinancing out and and keeping rentals if we buy 20 or 25 a year like i'm going to keep 10 or 15 of them and just flip some of them and start uh, building up rentals and some passive income got it so what is the biggest uh right now so far for you what is the biggest hurdle of flipping remotely 
probably just issues that come up that I could better deal with if I was there um, or having to delegate. Um, I, that, that's part of the job that I love. I love the freedom and flexibility that I'm not the one there on the ground every day, yeah. but it probably also causes the most difficulty. Um, <laughs> just even like in little details, like if we're getting permits and if I specifically as the owner, the one on paper went to the permit permit office, I could probably get things passed the same day. Whereas we might have to wait two weeks because yeah. I'm sending people on my behalf that don't know exactly what to say or whatever. So yeah. I'd say it's just a little details of not being there. Can I ask, how are you, how are you financing your flips now? Are, are you using your own money? I know you mentioned hesitation of borrowing in the past. Are you borrowing now, hard money, private money? What are you doing now? Yeah, now everything is funded with a combination of private money and my own funds on every deal. So I actually have yet to use hard money. Um, but yeah, at this point, now that I've kind of got the deal experience, um, I have a lot of people that want to invest with me and have invested with me and had a really good experience. So it's, it's just been those relationships gotcha. that I've built and continued to build uh, people who just want to keep rolling their money into the next deal and the next. That is, um, that's so cool. Are, do you have any, um, cause I know you're in a, in a more affordable area now, as far as like house prices, is there any temptation to flip in Colorado or are you just like, no? Yeah, definitely. I see a lot of opportunity here and I definitely don't see myself stopping the operation in Louisiana because it's, it's built up and it's running now perfectly. Yeah. Um, but I could totally see doing a couple a year or something out here just to test the waters and see how it goes. Yeah. That's oh, it's so cool. Just that lifestyle that you've you've been able to cultivate for yourself, that freedom of time. And I'm I'm assuming some a level of financial freedom and maybe tremendous financial freedom um, at, at age 24 is crazy. And it's just like, you know, I'm talking about your plans in three, five, six years at the crazy old age of 30, what you want to be doing. And it's like, it's just amazing. I, I know it's to you, it's just you. You're just you. It's probably hard to be overly impressed. But as someone who has known a lot of people your age uh, who just don't have their stuff together, they don't have any clue what they want. If you ask them what they want, they don't know. It's just amazing that you were so clear so young and it's giving you such a, a tremendous head start on your life to having the life that you want. So um, I'm just super duper impressed. I think that you're incredibly clear thinking and focused, and that's sort of rare uh, with any age group. It's super rare. So congratulations on that. Any Anything you want to leave folks with as we go here? Any thoughts that uh, you might have? Yeah, no, thank you so much. I appreciate the encouragement. Um, yeah, I would say like for, I say this a lot, but people that are looking to get into real estate, looking to get started, um, it sounds like such an amazing thing. And like to look at where I'm at now and, and you know, the financial freedom, the time and all the things you just said. Um, but to remember that like, it didn't just come to me, like it, it came through, I didn't even get to talk about really the years of like starting out the being the agent and doing the wholesale and like how many days, months, years I spent just like cold calling or knocking doors and like practicing the scripts and getting things down to be like where I am now. So yeah. I'd say, remember that if you're thinking of getting started, not to deter anybody at all, but to just know that like you're entering into a career, right? Like anything else that you'd go to school for, like yep. take time to learn, like 
it's the same and you have to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it will pay off. Um, but jump in, get started, be ready to put in that effort. Don't just expect your first deal to come to you on day three, Yeah, you know, expect it a year in, you know, that might be what it takes. Um, totally. but gotta get started. You gotta get, get after it and, you know, start learning and the deals will come. The experience will come. Everything will come if you're committed to that hard work. How, how, uh, how old were you when you got your very first wholesale deal? When you did your first deal, how old were you then? Were you 20 yet? I was 19. 19. Okay. So just to recap everyone listening, and I've talked to, man, I've talked to so many people that really have nothing but excuses of why they haven't gotten started, why they haven't had any success. 19, living in LA, one of the more competitive, crazy markets that there is, did a wholesale deal. It's like, there's really no excuse. I'm with you. It's not it's not um, easy. It's not complex. It's fairly simple, but it's not easy. And it takes work. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. You have to keep going. You have to keep grinding. Like you said, you were knocking doors and cold calling. But the fact of the matter is, when most people are at a time in their life where they're thinking about where is the next party um, and just blowing off time, playing Xbox, whatever, like you were doing, you were learning this craft and doing your first deal. Absolutely amazing. And I love talking to people like you who make it so easy for people like me to blow all of the excuses out of the water. And I just point to someone like you and go, right there, what, you, what is your excuse? Right there. She did it. Why can't you do it? Right. You're, you know, maybe I'm talking to somebody, you're, you're 35, you've saved money, you've got experience in real estate. Like, what is your excuse? Why are you not doing it? Right. And it's like, well, excuse, excuse, excuse. But then I go, but look at um, Dominique, look what she did at a young age. So, congratulations on your success. You're awesome. I, I really enjoy meeting you. I appreciate, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and, and being inspirational and transparent. I mean, I asked you some direct questions, so I appreciate that. Um, and I cannot wait to see how things go for you in the future. And there's zero doubt that you're going to be successful. You already are, but I mean, there's zero doubt you're going to get to whatever your next goal is, whatever that is. So, thanks for doing this. It was great to meet you and. Uh, Good luck in everything you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I really appreciate your time as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Holy cow. What an inspirational person. She is super young and she's been able to do so, so much uh, by age 24. She started her business in LA. Now she's doing it remotely. Like, come on. I've heard so many people with so many excuses who've got it so much easier than she does right now. And I'm, I don't underestimate how hard it is at her age to be taken seriously by contractors and investors and things like that. Just really, really great. I love it. What a great story. What a cool person. She is a rock star and she is going to do huge things. And I hope that you find that very inspirational. I find it inspirational. I've been in this industry for a long time now, and I find her to be very inspirational. Super fun to have her on the show. And uh, I just can't say enough about her. She's great. So guys, here's the deal. At, as a teenager, at 17, she knew what she wanted to do. She went to work for somebody even before she really could be an agent. She was in that environment. She got her first deal at 19. Like She went for it. She didn't sit around and make excuses and wait. She went out and attacked it. Go out and attack it. Be like Dominique. Get out there and attack it. Make it happen. Make today the best day. All right. We'll talk to you next time.